It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Would you like to contribute to the conversation? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition? Jay talking with Bradley Jay. I listen to morning with the sun up. I'm busy. WBZ News Radio 1030. I tune my radio to AM 1030. The radio's all yours now. I talk to a man whose name is Bradley Jay. Improve my mind in a wonderful way. I just called in. To see what condition conversation was in. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition conversation was in. WBZ, you're Jay talking, we're live in 9 to 5. One thing about this program is we try to, I don't know, we try to bring up stuff that's the shared New England Boston experience. Uh, we talk about. Things, of course, like sports teams and, well, the clubs, including the channel. This is going to be a big night for me because the channel was, for me, like many of you, a big deal. It was a, it was a place I went a lot and kind of formed my musical taste and my early experience here in Boston. And we have two special, special guests. One, Chachi Lopret, who I worked with for many happy, happy years at WBCN. He's hosted Breakfast with the Beatles. Breakfast with the Beatles, right? <laughs> Thank you, Bradley. That's correct. <laughs> right. Breakfast with the Beatles. And Harry Boris, founder of the Boston Nightclub, The Channel. That's a big deal. It, it's almost, you know, until I saw you, The Channel was just kind of a dream in the past. <laughs> and I've been walking around a lot lately, walked over there, looked where The Channel Nightclub was, and it's, of course, gone, and it's different over there. So it's great to have you here. Thank you. We're going to talk about you and how you came to found the channel, uh, some of the highs, the lows, uh, some of the greats, the near greats, mm-hmm. and the in greats. <laughs> it was an important place for many, many people. So many lives intersected at the channel. And just like you said earlier, Dan Ray met his wife there. Yeah, I did not know that till tonight. Yeah, and it was an important venue that had, it just, it reeked rock and roll when you went in there. It was very important. <laughs> it reeked, certainly. Yeah. It did. Rock and roll was part of the reek. It was dirty rock and roll. And I don't mean dirty in, in a bad way. It was just, that's what rock and roll was about. But the thing about the channel was it was very diverse. All kinds of genres of music went in and out of those, those doors there. So let's start with you, Harry. But long before the channel, you know, where are you from? What did you do? What did you go to school? What did you study? What were your early jobs? Were you a dishwasher or <laughs> everything? I've done everything. I, I grew up in Jamaica Plain. Yeah. And, um, you know, I went to JP uh, school, no, JP schools. I went to Boston Latin School. And, uh, you know, I, I, when, I, when I began uh, working, you know, for real money, I was in the restaurant business because it was a good way to make money. And I always liked the idea of selling alcohol because I thought it was, you know, relatively easy to do and not, uh, you know, you can't screw it up too much. And you're right. I'm, I'm right. Well, partly right. You worked at Jason. I you worked, worked at Jason's. I worked at Jason's uh, uh, disco for a while. Where was, was that? That was on Clarendon Street, uh, di- diagonally across from the John Hancock. 
Okay. And I worked there, you know, uh, running the restaurant for a while. And uh, when I decided to open a club, I said, I w I'm going to open a club that is um, not adjacent. <laughs> not what made you decide to open a club? Well, there are a lot of things you could do that weren't yeah. working adjacent. Yeah. Was it the, uh, you know, the, the glitz, the glamour of it that attracted you to it, or is it something you figured you would be good at? Yeah. Did I, you want to be I, your own boss? I thought I'd be good at it. And, you mm -hmm. know, th uh, in 1980, I was working uh, in a totally different field. I was, I was working in air freight forwarding at Logan Airport. And I was bored, and I really needed uh, something, and I always looked for opportunities. And I found an ad in the Boston Globe that uh, was looking for a manager for a, for a nightclub. And I found this place, and it was... The channel, which was in the Ford Point district. So they were looking, for, it already existed, and they were looking for a manager? The, the, the guy that had uh, bought the uh, assets of the old Mad Hatter, which was a disco, had opened a cocktail lounge uh, featuring old, an oldies band. And he At where the channel? Where the channel is now. Okay, that was where the Mad Hatter was? Yes. <coughs> so he bought, the, he bought the Mad Hatter, and he, he, he booked an oldies band, and uh, he played them for five or six nights, and he did almost no people. And he was desperate, and he, knew he was looking for something. And I went in there, and I said, yeah, I'll, I'll be the manager, but not under these conditions. We've got to do something a little bit innovative. And um, How much can you tell me about the deal you made with this guy? What was the deal? The deal was uh, that I brought in some investors, and, and uh, we, brought, we bought 50% of, the, uh, of the, the corporation. And the deal was that that we would only put the money in if I ran the club, and I yeah. had kind of a free hand to do whatever so I wanted. So you had you owned half of it, yes, and you get half the money back. Yeah, well, the, yeah. Obviously, there was no money to, for when it happened because it, all the money went into the operation. He didn't put, get to put any money in his pocket; it all went into the operation. Okay, so what were some challenges right away? A lot of challenges. First thing, um, we start. We immediately decided to do uh, a diverse. Uh, you know, Bill, diverse programming, which means all races, all sexual orientations, all uh, genres of music that, you know, we thought could sell. So that included, you know, punk music, reggae music, uh, hard rock, uh, rap, you know, pretty much everything. And we were in South Boston. So a lot of the people in the neighborhood were not welcoming to, to a lot of the uh, programming that, that, that we uh, put in. Interesting. Chachi, when did you become aware of the channel? You started at BCN at like 78. No, no, no. I started in BCN at BCN in 81. 81? Yes. And then I officially got hired in 82, which is when we met. I was in the studio on the very night that you started. There. December 18. That was December 18th? Yeah, 4 a.m. I remember that night uh, I was there with Carla Nolan. Right. She was the DJ and, and Bradley came walking yeah. in. So then the channel existed already at that time. It, oh yeah, we we opened in 1980. Do you remember some of the first acts? Do, and did people show up right away? Well, um, yeah, we opened up uh, with a bit of a splash. I mean, we we did a you know like so-called VIP party with with a couple of uh, Boston you know up-and-coming bands. Uh, the, uh, the new models were the headliners, and that was only open to the press and to media and you know people in the business. And then the first night we did the neighborhoods. And, uh, you know, we were pleasantly surprised. And, you know, we did probably six, 700 people. Wow. And uh, that's pretty that great. That was more than he had done with the oldies lounge. By about 100 times. Yeah, for, like for the whole week. And <laughs> what was the capacity at the channel? Uh, 1,600. Wow. 16. Big. Big room. Yeah. Big, it was, 
and it was it was a, a special kind of capacity where it was called the general on premise, which means we didn't have to have seats, and we'd have to serve food. So that was a wow. big. That was for me was one of the biggest factors, because I thought that people wanted to see music without being seated and correct. You know, having to eat you know pickled eggs or something because you know you had a. <laughs> All right, so you were successful out of the gate, and you started with local bands. We started with local bands. Who were bands. some of the other local bands at the time? The New se- Models? The, uh, sec- the second night, we we did uh, Count Viglione's uh, Rock and Roll Extravaganza, I think it was called, with Mission of Burma okay. and La Peste. And, uh, so you had all the heavy hitters. These are people that are winning the BCN uh, Rumble. Rumble. Yes. There was a lot of local music, and, and, and I, don't, I didn't think there were enough uh, venues for them to play in. And, uh, and I figured, you know, we could fill that void and also have enough of a capacity to also book some uh, national shows, which we did. And going did you do that right away or did you wait a while? Because that's a commitment. We tried to do it right away, and it was, you know, mixed results. You know, bands like Iron Butterfly stiffed, you know, Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels stiffed, but then bands like Levon Helm, Joe Cocker, Steppenwolf, uh, then punk bands, The Stranglers, Johnny Thunders, they did well. Who was booking at the fir- in the very beginning? You? At the very beginning, we were, you know, yeah, I was kind of booking, and I was trying to hire a booking agent. But I you didn't really know what you were doing. I, I liked music, but I did not know the entertainment business. Right. You, there's a way so. to figure out who, who's hot and who's not, oh, sure. rather than guess. And you didn't know, and you had to get somebody who did. I had to get somebody that I knew who was hot, but I didn't know what the going rate would be. In other words, if I, if I, if I thought an act was really hot, is that being worth a thousand dollars? You don't know what's or fair. They're worth ten grand, right? So we, so, so we, we immediately we started working with Howie Cusack from Pretty Polly, Bruce Solar, who, who uh, was, uh, I think he was working for Harry Chickles at the time, and then Bruce introduced us to Warren Scott, who eventually became uh, the booking agent and. Uh, uh, did he have experience for, booking, or did he, he learn on the job? No, he had some experience. He, had, he was booking a club in Lynn called the Main Act, and uh, he had worked closely with Harry Cusack, who was a pretty big booking agent at the time. Okay, we're going to break. Folks, a lot of you have had experiences that you remember fondly at the channel, and I don't usually have callers during the, the guest segments, but this time we will because you're so very involved. So 617-254-1030, 617-254-1030. I've got something to say. Yes, Brad. Jay talking. Bradley Jay. WBZ News Radio 1030. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Let's talk a while. Well now, you go right ahead and talk. 
I think I've talked to you all I want to. See, that's the difference between us. You think we're fighting, and I think we're finally talking. Sure taking a liking to that radio of yours. Keep your meat hooks off my radio. Bradley's on the radio. Come on, baby. He's on BZ. Jay Talking. Bradley J. WBZ News Radio 1030. BZ, you're Jay Talking. Bradley J. with my longtime pal, Chachi O. Bradley O, my buddy. <laughs> I love Bradley Shachi. J. And we Harry go Bush, back so many the, years. The channel guy. Yes. And I'm. I, it's great to meet you. Now I, you know, I've I've already spent more time with you than ever before. So <laughs> that's great. I, I've met you before about thirty years ago. But it was probably a very short period of time. Yeah. So already we're getting calls. That's great. Things that I'm going to cover include. Uh, we're going to take a look at some of the bands that came. Some of the stories that have to do with the bands, like the time. The roof leaked with Spinal Tap. And that, I never knew you introduced Spinal Tap. I was, I was a, a huge Spinal Tap Huge fan. thing. I should put that on my resume. Definitely. Uh, the relationship with uh, BCN and uh, things like New Music Night and things like the hot dog vendor and other ways you made money. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was sausage. And, and one, one thing before we get to the uh, calls. What's the hardest thing about running a club? Oh, boy. The hardest thing about running a, a rock and roll nightclub is finding the acts that will produce enough money for the investment in, in the talent and the marketing and everything else. So the booking. is The booking, exactly. That's, that's, that's the hardest part, yeah. All right. Harry Chachi, let's go first to Peter in Boston. I'm guessing I know him. Hello, Peter. Hey, Brad. Yep. Peter C. from <laughs> ZBC. Yes, it's Peter C. He loves the Not dark music. choice, the other, the other one. Yeah, I know. You like you Bauhaus doing, and you like industrial music. I'm doing great. Say how <laughs> yeah, to ch- yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, so I, so I actually wanted to call in to, to to tell Harry, like how great a time I always had at this club and how well I was always treated there by him and Peter, and um, you know I met I had I had always had a great time there. I met lifelong friends there. I'm still friends with Patty and Lisa after all these years. Patty Marsh? Yeah. You still friends with her? I am. I'm looking for her. Let me Patty Marsh married with her. who? Al Jorgensen. Oh, yeah, well, she's a, civilian. she's a civilian. So I'm sure she is, yeah. Go into that, but I'm still in touch with Lisa as well. Oh, I am too. Who's Lisa? Lisa? You got to talk, tell us who they are okay, if you're going to mention I'm, them. I'm sorry. I'm, I've been out of radio for a long yeah, time. Yeah, come on. Lisa you're a professional. Sa- Lisa St. John used to do all the graphics for the channel for years and years. And I think she's been on the podcast or mentioned in the podcast, Harry. She's doing the art, and she's brilliant. She's a she's a she's a great. And you know, she lives in London now. Her name is Lisa yeah. St. John Bennett, and she's brilliant. She's a brilliant artist, and she always did. You know, as a matter of fact, my favorite all-time poster of, at the channel that Lisa did was one of Bauhaus. Oh, that's Peter's favorite which, band, which she yeah, loved. Wow, <laughs> she loved you know Bauhaus. What? That poster is framed and has been hanging on my media room for uh, 25 years. I'm not surprised. We found. I was looking for it, and then Hugh Munoz, who was our original DJ, said, "Oh, I have that poster," and he sent it to me. And I'm, you know, I was. Oh, I'm very happy about that. Best poster. Awesome. No, I, po- I also post. I posted it to your to the website as well, or yeah, I might I'm, have just sent it to Lisa. Or I forget. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'll tell you my story. Bauhaus is. Sitting, you remember that there was a kind of a picnic bench area at the front of the club. We called it the corral. Yeah, and <laughs> so that so I was I hung out with Bauhaus in the afternoon while their roadies were setting up 
drinking beer, and I realized my favorite band was like the most miserable people on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were unhappy. Yeah. That was their whole thing, though. You, know what? you really didn't no, want they, Bauhaus they to be happy. Truly... <laughs> <laughs> All right, Peter, I got yeah, a lot of folks, but thank you so much. And can you do me a favor, Peter, just for the heck I of it? Can. Take a picture of that, of that frame poster and just send it to me so I can see what it looks like. Yeah, do you want to send it to your Facebook page? Yeah. Cool. Thanks, brother. That's cool to talk to Peter. That's great. That was hey, a Peter, long time. Nice talking to you, man. I was a long time co-DJ with him at uh, Boston College Radio. Ah. Next, we talked to, i got to keep an eye on the time. See how quickly the time's the going? The time flies here. And it's it really Eddie does. in East Boston. Eddie, say Eddie. hi to Chachi Eddie. and Harry. Hey, Eddie. Bradley J. Yep. How are you? We are well. I love you. you. I listen to you all night long in the middle of the night. And the gentleman that you're sitting with, I believe he's, when somebody said a Mad Hatter. Yep. Yeah. Well. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's kind of a dead end. But thank you very much, Eddie. I appreciate you listening and calling any time. Now we have Bob and Newton. Bob, hi. Bob. Hey, guys, tough act to follow, uh, <laughs> yeah. as they say. Uh, Harry, you know, you brought up the diversity of the club. So I was in a band, and I still am, called Downtime. And we opened at the channel for James Brown, Shaka Khan, Midnight Star, Roger Troutman, and I think a handful of others. And I, I always got a kick out of it. Like, we're playing in front of 1,600, 1,500 people, and they paid us 150 bucks. And it was, it was great exposure, and it was fantastic. If you need any money at all, you were lucky to you get were that. Lucky. Yeah. That's a big deal to get that much money. That's a, lo a lot of money, especially back then. Mm -hmm. No, but but I'll never forget the, the James Brown show. And this was living in the living in America, um, and you can look this up. Downtime was the name of the band. I don't know if you remember us. I Bradley, do remember but, the name. And, and we uh, we opened for James Brown, and it was nine o'clock, and and they wanted us to go on. And I said, look, there's there's a hundred people out there, and they said, no, no, James is going on at eleven o'clock, so you got to go on right now. So we went on at 9 o'clock, and I think by the end of the show, we might have had 500 people in the house. And then two and a half hours later, James showed up and, and did the show. But it, it was a great experience. I always enjoyed the channel. It was a lot of fun to play on that great stage with the, with the great crowds and the great system. And we were always treated really well. And, you know, notwithstanding the money, the opportunity, I mean, Shaka Khan, you know, she, she was beyond her uh, – highest level, as was James Brown, but still, sharing a stage with them was a thrill that I'll never forget. So That's a huge. Thanks, it's so, good for you. It's so great you had that experience. James thank, Brown. Thanks for sharing, Bob. Yeah, nice talking wow. to you. By the way, Peter, who called before, Bob, do me a favor and keep me posted if any bands you like are coming to town, because you like basically the same bands I like. I'll take the <laughs> night off if I have to. We have time to squeeze in Mark and Nashville. We're talking with Harry Boris and Chachi Lopret, Chachi from WBC, and Harry Founder and operator of the magnificent Channel Club. It's gone now, but Harry's still around to talk about it. Mark and Nashua, hi. Hey, you guys have absolutely made my night. I feel like I'm 20 years old again. Good, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we do too. I mean, I can remember every Sunday we would go, you guys would have local metal bands, and there was a band called Formicide yeah. that would play every single Sunday, and I became really good friends with those guys. 
Um, and it was just, it, it was, you'd get into the pit and everybody would look out for everybody. Nobody, you know, it wasn't like a head hunting kind of thing. Um, and the, the biggest thing that I noticed, Harry, is you guys spared no expense on that chain link fence around the bar. <laughs> I mean, we had, to that kick, was just, we had to keep the youngsters out, you know? It was fabulous. Yeah. Um, you know, and actually, there's a uh, there's a Facebook page de- dedicated to, uh, you know, the memories of the channel, and they they're selling channel T-shirts and all that stuff. I hope I'm not getting them in trouble. Yeah. By the way, um, well, we'll talk about that later. Sorry. Yeah. Mark. I mean, but but thank you so much for for having this discussion tonight because I spent from uh, 1987. And basically until the channel closed um, every every week and several nights a week, just going to that place and, and slipping on beer on the floor and, and <laughs> you know, drinking in the cups and going in. I, I went into the to the bathroom at the Circle Jerks and uh, the whole bathroom was a pit. So there was like no safe land during that show. But uh, that was a rough show. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But you, uh, Harry, you you just um, you know you had a, a club there that will never ever ever be replaced in 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 the city of Boston again. And but what what we have for memories and what you had there, I can't thank you enough. And and I speak from 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 the heart for many 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 people. Thanks, so, Mark. You know, thank you for having this Isn't discussion. That nice? I, I agree. We have two minutes before and the I first break. It too. Let's do the first round of why you're here. It's the Podcast. You have a podcast. You have a book. You have, there is a book. There is a film. No film. Yeah. No film yet. T- take ninety seconds to s- tell well, us what there is so far. Well, we have a podcast, and it's called Boston Venue: The Channel Story, and um, it can be found at thechannelstory.com. And it's a podcast. It's based on a book that I've been writing for over ten years, and it's uh, basically a short history of the channel and. Uh, you know, the different challenges and the different acts and the different musics and the, the different, you know, whatever uh, we went through over the 11 years that we were there. Excellent. And the podcast is very popular just from the, the episodes that have just been released. You said you're number what on iTunes? We, I'll, I'll give you a chance to toot your horn. <laughs> well, you know, the day before yesterday, we were 106 in the category music on all podcasts in the U.S. on iTunes. People care that much about the channel it's, across it's, the U.S.? It's, it's hard to say how they determine uh, those ratings. Nobody really knows. They have some kind of a weird algorithm, and it, it's based on you know downloads, subscriptions, whatever. But you know, we'll take it. Somehow you got the key. Yeah, and know. the thing is a lot of people have you know spread out across the country, and people know the channel when they move away, and they the memories go with them, and they come back to hear the podcast. John Laurenti works on the podcast. Yes. I do as well. And Harry does a great job with his brother Peter. And we've had band members call in from Bim Scala Bim and all kinds of different acts. And it's doing very well. Excellent. We're with Harry Boris and Chachi LaPrette. And we're talking about the Channel Nightclub. I worked with Chachi for the longest time at, you, at BCN. By the way, that's been, BCN's been gone a long time. A long know. time. but 2009. Wow. Oh, ten years it's been ten gone. Years. Yeah. And we used to do all the you know a lot of lunchtime concerts yeah. at, at the Channel. That's a, Good time to, by the way, you can see the last show at BCN on the JTalk and uh, YouTube page. Now, as far as lunchtime shows, some of them, at least one were at the, was at the channel. Yep. Harry, do you remember who, who it was? I remember, was Y&T one of them? 
John I T. cannot Ryan remember. T. I remember. We we did. I remember that we did some local shows. I think John Butcher did one. Yes. Um, and uh, you know, I don't. I'm not. We, we may have even done some national shows, but uh, and you know, you get your Miller time. beer for free. Free beer. beer. First and beer and for free and, and hot free hot dogs. Free, free hot dogs. And those were great. And a BCN. And the entrance was for free. Yes, yeah, it was free. Noontime on, on like a great. Friday, or and something. it got crowded in there. People would come, you know, from uh, downtown Boston and the industrial area and Gillette and everywhere else. They'd all come down there, and uh, so talk a little more about the relationship between the radio stations and the channel. I guess particularly BCN. Mm-hmm. How did it work out? What did what did they what did we do for you, and what did you do for us? How did it work out? I mean, BCN was very very important. I mean, we we felt that. You know, we really like college stations as well because college stations played alternative music. Yep. There was a station, you know, ERS played reggae and uh, ZBC played punk and MBR and, you know, all the other stations. They, they, they like, we liked the fact that they were open to alternative music that may not have had a lot of commercial appeal. But as far as straight ahead rock, you know, BCN was it. You know, in the early 80s, there was very little other. Uh, it, game in town. I mean, there was a couple of stations that played oldies, and uh, eventually, you know, WCOZ came in and WFNX. But BCN was, you know, if we if there was a co-promote, I mean, I'll give you one little story. One time, we booked a band called the B52s. Yep. Out of Georgia, and the, the, there was a stipulation that we were not allowed to to do any paid advertising, and we had a week. To do to uh, promote the show, so we were expected to promote the show with flyers, word of mouth, buzz, you know, and, and things like that. So we did all that, and we posted posters at Strawberries out of town and in Ubery Comics, and it was. But we were really worried that the show wasn't going to sell because people just weren't getting the, getting the message. Mark Parento did a mention one afternoon that the B52s were coming to the channel. The next day, we had. Hundreds of tickets sold. I'm not sure. Boom! The show sold out <laughs> on a Tuesday night. Okay, so that's how important BCN was. Everybody listened. That's to how BCN. powerful it was. That's too. how powerful they were. You know, the channel was really important to the college jocks, like Peter Carnley, who called because you know a ch- college jock could be somebody. When you went to the, if it was a an alternative band and it was pers- it was brought to you by say ZBC, and you had a ZBC DJ MC the show, that was a giant thing. For that person, a lot of credibility, huge, huge, huge. street cred, and it to was be good able for to go us. We, we just thought it was great because they were open to things. They were, you know, it's like one of the things that that uh, I think motivated me to to do a lot of diverse stuff is because most of the clubs in Boston were very kind of tight. They were like, there was like there was black clubs, there was white clubs, there was punk clubs, there was reggae clubs, and you didn't really have a mix of people. So we were able to. You know, mix the genres and also the crowds. So, you know, when, when there was an African show, we we might have you know fifty or sixty percent, you know, black uh, uh, and you know some African people, some uh, you know, urban people, but there was also a lot of white people and a lot of uh, you know. So it was it was easy. And With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There was never any problem. There was never any uh, friction 
between that. It was just it was just a good scene. So when you got to have some clout, you probably got into booking wars, and you you yes. Tell me about how that was the booking wars. How did that work? Well, there was one promoter in town that uh, pretty much you know had all the uh, or at least most of the action as far as rock and roll uh, concerts. And um, you know they had they they had a big a couple of clubs that they were booking. They had a theater, the Orpheum, and they pretty much you know controlled uh, a big part of the market. They didn't re- you know they didn't really like competition. There was a lawsuit in the early '80s between uh, Don Law and Frank Russo, uh, you know where uh, it was settled out of court, and you know I'm not sure how it was settled, but you know Frank Russo had. Um, Alleged that he was, you know, running a, com- com- a, a, non- a non-competition kind of an operation, so it was hard to get acts at the beginning until people knew we were for real, because uh, a lot of people didn't expect us to survive. We, we were in a bad area, uh, we weren't uh, overly financed, uh, so it was, it was, you know, a lot of people didn't expect us to, to survive. Did these other people have deals with companies so that you didn't even get a shot at the band, or did you get to bid? There was a lot of bands that we never uh, got a shot at, you know, and uh, and you know that that was it was a cause of uh, a lot of uh, consternation on my part because I just thought you know that money should talk. We had a big poten- uh, capacity, which means we had a big gross potential. We could offer a lot of money, but it often wasn't a matter of money. It was, it was often you know that uh, agents had certain loyalties, and uh, you know they 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 wouldn't un- you know for for a while. After a while, it got easier. But at the beginning, it was very difficult. All right. So the building itself. By the way, we're with Harry Boris, Chachi Lepret. We're talking about the Channel Club. And if you went there, share your experience. 617-254-1030. 617-254-1030. The building itself looked kind of like it was going to slide right into the channel. <laughs> no, it was actually. It was kind of it was, it was, saggy and ramshackly. No, no. Nah, nah. it, it was an old wa- it was a warehouse. It was a cinder block and a steel roof. It was on uh, pilings, you know, like uh, creosoted pilings, and it was it was pretty stable. We didn't have too many problems. I mean, there was there was issues, you know. There was, uh, you know, it was it didn't have great acoustics at the beginning. We did a lot of work with that. Uh, air conditioning was very difficult. Uh, it was so summer. big. It was so big, and we, we we had a lot of air conditioning, and we had a lot of problems during the years. But over the years, but it was a very difficult building to air condition and heat. And, uh, you know, we had a very capable uh, maintenance guy. His name is Costa Manunos. And he, you know, kept the place together, him and his wife. And, uh, you know, they, were, they, were very, and they kept the place together, and it wasn't easy. Do you have any issues with rats, mice, uh, porcupines, <laughs> termites, <laughs> anything like that? Possible, you know. There was, you know, and, and there, were, there were mice and uh, rats and rafter rats. You know, little, there were rafter rats? Yeah, there were rafter rats. <laughs> So they were above you. Is that what you're saying? They the rats would be above? The rafter rats were, you know. My Lord. You know. Okay. <laughs> uh, and other ways you made money besides the, the the bands. You had the hot dog concession. Did you make any money off that, or that was that just? The the uh, the guy in, out in front had a sausage uh, cut. He used to be there on busy nights. You know, he used to give us something, but not much. And, you know, we had a concession stand that was very active, and we sold uh, merchandise, T-shirts, hats. Candy bars. Candy bars, popcorn. Piggy's Pizza. Um, my daughter Debbie. My daughter Debbie used to run it, and she was always very eager and anxious to to, to bring Go new home. stuff in. And oh. <laughs> no, she loved it. She just uh, wow. She would tell me, you know, that she sold a T-shirt to you know, Kip Winger or or uh, 
you know so oh yeah yeah just uh, she she would get uh you know very, See, very <laughs> you had a lot of djs come through there can you remember some a of lot them of djs hugh munoz was our original dj and of course how'd you find him he actually found us he had a show on WERS. it was a local show and he featured a lot of bands and as soon as we opened and we announced that somehow he came in and he just kind of you know sold himself there. genius he also was right. very instrumental right. Why didn't I think of introducing that? us to a lot of bands because yeah. there was a lot of bands that were kind of bubbling under. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like we had never heard of them, but they were. So here was your, he was your uh, you uh, ears hear, on the street. Yeah, you, you would never hear their music on commercial radio, but he used to play them. He used to bring them into the station for live uh, shows. So Hugh and then, um, you know, Carter Allen, Carmelita, um, you know, um, Carmelita, still Carmelita, awesome. Still, still, still awesome. Awesome. she's still. on Facebook. She's fantastic. Yes, and Shred used to. Love Shred, him. Shred saw more bands than anyone alive. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and he, and he, he also became a, a good booker of bands. Yeah, yeah. Janet, Janet was Janet Planet. Janet, Janet, well, otherwise Juanita. known as, as yeah. Juanita. Yes, yeah, Juanita. And, and you mentioned Tabby Heidi, right? Uh, Heidi, yeah, Heidi. Tammy Heidi, Heidi, and yourself. Yep. And um, you know the. Uh, Metal Mike. Metal, Metal Mike. BCN's Metal That's Mike. Right. Who remembers Metal Mike? Oh, Kevin Aylmer, who used to do all the reggae shows. And Peter Simon, Kali Simon's brother, who used to also do some reggae shows. Wow. He was wow. also a photographer. He used to come in and he, he loved reggae. He was a student of reggae and loved it. And he used to, you know, when there was a show playing at the Vineyard and the channel, he would often come in and... Uh, spin and MC the show. He was a wealth of knowledge. So Metal Mike, he was obviously the heavy metal guy. Yep. He did yeah. heavy metal from hell. On tour with yep. Ringo right That's now. Right. He became Mr. Super Roadie, right? Mm -hmm. or super, do you call him a roadie? Roadie, yeah. Better he, name. He worked for Springsteen. He's been on tour with Ringo recently. He's uh, a super professional roadie. He's amazing. And he's out with all the time with the huge stars. All the time. He wears all this, the professional roadie stuff. Yeah, Ringo loves <laughs> when him. When you see him, you yeah. know he's a pro. Yeah. He's a, he's a roadie, yeah. There's yeah. some stories, some <laughs> some I can tell, some not. Uh, one of them was uh, he, I think, there was was it he that spilled a, some sort of beverage into the board? Um, I don't remember. I don't remember. Okay, but sorry, I, Mike. I do remember I when he sure. cried on the air. Yeah, well, I didn't want to say that. Oh, it's, it's all right. <laughs> when Len Bias died. Yeah, he cried on the air. I, I, I'm a big crier myself. And Howard Stern picked up on it and made fun of him the next morning. That was funny. I, that's I would have too, Mike. Yeah. I would have too. But I remember the channel we used to. They used to have us come in and MC shows, Bradley. Oh, right? geez. All the time. Oh. So you go up on stage, MC the show. You go to the box office, get paid. Get paid. And then you go across the street to Waylu's and have some yeah. Chinese food. <laughs> Frankly. Right. <laughs> MCing was the best pay per minute that yeah, dude can get. You go up, it's so good. You go in, there's no prep. You go in, it's so exciting. It's a half an hour to go, 15 minutes to go. You get to go on stage and feel like a rock star yeah. without rehearsing. You don't have to rehearse like the no. band did. Plus free drinks. You free, free drinks. drinks. Here's some drink tickets. Yeah. Drink, yeah. drink tickets. Drink, drink tickets. <laughs> Back in the day, people, you yeah, got drink well. tickets. That, those days are dead. Yeah. Like we didn't have to ask for them. No, it was no. just here you go. Here it you was go. great. Those oh, let me get you some days. tickets. You didn't have to ask. Yep. And then it would be okay. Uh, five minutes, three minutes, and it was really extra exciting if you were broadcasting live because you had to to coordinate that with the station. Mm -hmm. We're coming down to you in four. You know, four seconds. Three, two. Yeah. And then you go up on stage, and you have to have kind of have it together. There's a skill to it. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
And you go up, the crowd roars. Timing. And you yeah. feel good, even though th- yeah. it's not for you, but you feel good. <laughs> they like you. <laughs> and uh, a little trick that I used, because it's easy, and Chachi, you know this. Mm-hmm. Even though it's a huge band, it's so exciting up there, you can space out. And forget the name of the band. Oh, yes. Even if it's Aerosmith, yes. you can forget. That has happened before. Oops. Yes. You go, ladies and, and gentlemen. And then you, know, you have the pause, and you know it's like, oh, my God. What's the name of this band? So <laughs> this is what I did. I don't know if somebody taught me this or I figured it out. But you know how you hold the mic? The way you hold the mic. Right around the edge of your fingers, you write the name of the band. My word. I never knew like that. I, I think I wrote Arrow, Aerosmith. Some big <laughs> band's name. Stone Temple Pilots. You have to... So just before you go up, you look at it. And then while you hold the mic, you look at it. Great idea. Too late now, right? Too yeah. late. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember we did Bow Wow Wow live on BCN. Yeah. That show I was want, great. I want candy. Oh, I I'm told candy. we have to break. We have many more stories. Yes. And these guys and have, more calls. have agreed. We talked about the D. I'll tell a little bit of a story. We talked about DJs. Uh, I was able to do the new music nights on Tuesday for a long time. Somebody did it before me and got burned out or something. I took it and just it was I was I was new in in the DJ gig and biz and this was great. I said this is so this is what it's like. You go in, there were four bands, no one came. No one showed up, right? There might have been sometimes 50 people. So, well, we there were some bands that did okay. well. Till Tuesday was a new music band. All right. Oh. And I would spin, I'd play what I wanted because no one's dancing, who cares? I just played what I liked. In between bands, right? In between bands. Mm-hmm. And one of the joys of it was the sound system was really good. They had this separate tweeter thing hanging up. Do you remember that? The, yeah. And there was the dance floor, which was a disco dance floor. It was plexiglass with lit underneath. So and it even might have had a disco ball. There, there was a mirror ball, yes. So play the songs <laughs> I wanted. I'd go out on the dance floor right in the sweet spot of the speakers. And just kind of dance around a little bit and then get paid. And, and it was, <laughs> was good. It was, that was good. Great gig. <laughs> it's an awesome gig. Yeah. And uh, when can, do you know what years those were? So I, I'm really trying to figure out what, when different stuff happened. Harry, do you know? Well, the new music review started uh, sometime in 81. And, oh. And it went for quite a few years. Yeah. And Carter Allen, I think, was the first uh, wow. special uh, DJ to do it. And... Um, it, it went for quite a few years. I mean, we did it, uh, I would say, through the late 80s. And it was good because a lot, of, a lot of bands that didn't have, you know, much of a following, that didn't really uh, have a chance to play anywhere, we'd put them in, we'd give them tickets, free tickets, bring your fans, and if you do well, if a lot of people come in and you're competent and, you know, you can fit an opening act, we'll put you in with a, with a weekend. A lot of bands uh, did that and moved up, you know, to be headliners. Chachi, you... You know, had to go there a lot, or you wanted to go there a lot. Do you remember any particular shows? Yes, I remember, first of all, uh, a sad story that Roy Orbison played a show and died shortly after and you playing saw that at the one? channel. Yes, uh, James Brown. Um, I remember a band uh, that came out with big eyeballs on their head. That was The Residents. The Residents. You saw The Residents? Yes, I was there they for are that. Like, strange they band. are maybe officially the weirdest band ever. <laughs> Very they much put out weird. an album... Yes. Called the commercial album All One Minute Songs. <laughs> yeah. They were like 30 one minute songs. They had a cult Funny. audience. They used to do business. Nobody They wore big eyeballs on their head. Yeah. No. <laughs> and, 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 and they were on Ralph Records, right, Pete Carnley? Let's talk to John in Boston here. John, what's going on? Hello. Hey, John, you're on the BZ. 
Hi, Bradley. It's John Boy. I can't believe I got through. Hey, John Boy. John Boy. Harry. How are you, man? So somebody better tell us who John Boy is. Oh, let Harry do that. All right, Harry. John John Boy is uh, probably the... the, uh, He's probably met more people uh, over the years in the uh, rock and roll and entertainment industry and taking more pictures than probably anybody else. The photographer? He's a photographer. He's he's, a... he took the last uh, pictures of Roy Orbison, you know, as a pro- performing in a club before he passed away, and he ended. I up, did. He I did. did. And he ended up giving the pictures to his widow. And uh, John Boy knows everybody. He's taken everybody's picture, and he's uh, he's a wealth of uh, information about uh, the '80s and rock and roll, not just the '80s, s- uh, straight through about. Uh, oh, parents. thank you, Harry. But I wanted to thank you for giving me a job, oh. uh, Harry. <laughs> he also worked uh, it, at the channel. It, it, yeah, it's a personal thing. Uh, Harry and I go back 50 years. Yeah. I met him when I was a 10-year-old boy. So he's been good to me and his brother Peter and his, his whole family, actually. And um, John, so you? I you, never had a. Sorry. I never had a. I never had a bad night at the channel. They were all good nights. All good nights. Some were great nights. Tell me about some of the and, best photos uh, you took of, of stars and bands at the channel. You know, I gave a lot of it away. <laughs> What were some of the ago, uh, I, some of the better ones? Well, uh, what well, Roy Orbison I gave to to Barbara, uh, uh, Joe Perry uh, I gave to his ex wife Alyssa, <laughs> um, who used to work for us also. But I used to, you know, back then I had a real job. This was just a hobby for me. So you know, when I wasn't working at the channel and hanging out, um, you know, I would develop the photos and. This is before the internet and Facebook and any of that stuff. You know, so I would take pictures and develop them myself and just give them, give them back to my friends who worked at all the clubs. Do I remember then, uh, that there was, there were like lights, there was a photo setup that remained there or video setup or something later on? I, think, I feel like I remember uh, at Fancy. Yeah, somebody, uh, somebody that Harry knew uh, in the back facing the DJ booth all the way back with the where the sound sound was somebody named Dave was was filming everything Dave Higgins I just remember was, his name was Dave Dave Higgins used to used to do he had a, a company called Red Shock Video and he used to tape a lot of the a lot of the shows he, he I, take, I, the actual artist he taped them he did so permission. some of those tapes exist he I actually spoke to him a couple of months ago and he said he, he doesn't know where they are but he doesn't know where, he they, doesn't are. Know where they are oh yeah sure hey. sure Chachi Lepre yeah, used, used to do a show called uh, Dirty Water. Dirty Water, which was live shooting at the channel. And it was and great. Like, I interviewed like show. Devo and all the bands that played, the Ramones. Yeah. And we had a little cable show. And I used to shoot some of it outside near the water. Yeah. And, wow, I want to hear more about and that. And David Alexander it was in charge of that, but I don't know where the tapes are. I want to hear some more of that. Yeah, we lost Devo, probably one of the better acts yes. around. They were they blew everybody away. Let's continue talking about Boston's iconic channel club on WBZ. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.